And that was that uh, drug, like the major drug use, is that pretty prevalent even when you were around as well? Like the, the heroin and all that shit. I'm not saying that you were doing it, but it was. Oh, you uh, could say it. It was I a was, major. I was doing, yeah. Where, a, okay, oh, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know anything. Uh, I mean, I actually lived a a like. I had formulas. I I thought you know what I mean. I came up with these weird formulas. Okay, so like do a shot of dope right uh -huh. and i'll do some speed or no i'll do a shot of dope and i'll smoke some weed right and kind of get no and then i'll fucking do a big gagger of speed <laughs> and then just start drinking and i got the perfect and by the time we go on i'll have the exact perfect oh, high really? to give an yeah. optimal performance you know what i mean and, yeah and welcome to get heavy podcast Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh wait, well shit. I'm wait, let, here. Wait, you let, might as well get the wait. Wait, let me let me join the party. There coffee, <laughs> water, <laughs> coffee, water. Beautiful. Well, hey guys, welcome to Get Heavy Podcast. We have a very special hotel edition. Um, I am uh, part of my work. I am actually at an equipment exposition right now with two of the guys that actually do the same job I do. I don't talk about my job a lot but I'm an instructor for local 12. We're at a thing here. And I wait have... a minute. I'm an instructor for local. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Stop. That's fucking weird. I'm an instructor. No way. For local no 12. way. <laughs> we're like three unicorns in a room right oh now. My God. <laughs> um, so we're at this equipment thing. We're bullshitting. This is Ryan Ancelone. Uh, he is an instructor as well. Old punk rock, hardcore kid, Mr. Fucking Hulk smash himself. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and then we have, the legendary and infamous Warren Renfro, right? Fro. Renfro. Renfro. God Renfro. damn it. I fucked that one up. I'm leaving. <laughs> He's out of here. Uh, a man of many, many uh, talents, bass player for every band you've ever wanted to heard. And I, I'm a one trick pony. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's man. about it. But... Currently, you're in Manic Hispanic, right? Yes, sir. Originally in Final Conflict and every fucking band in between, probably. Or I've, most bands. I've, I've, I've done. I've, I, yeah, I am the uh, bass playing tampon. So insert <laughs> yeah. insert when needed. Yeah, it's, that's it. Is the crazy thing about being a bass player? If you're good, you are hoard around like because you they're like, hey, he can do that. If we right, just give more. He's consistent. Shows up. You know what I mean. Shows up. Has knows gear. how to fucking do it. Has gear. Transportation you know I mean? gear. Willing. You know what? The, but the key thing is. Yeah. In the pocket. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. That's it. If you're if you're solid and you're in the pocket mm -hmm. and you hold it down, I mean. Yeah, and unlike most bass players and musicians, you have an actual career, and you've made money in your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like doing other shit. Not much. That's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> made something. I only yeah. ever made bar tabs that I didn't even get to use. You know what I mean? Because I was already not drinking, so I was like, eh, "Fuck it." I just I bought. I played for other people to drink beer. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah you guys are actually since you don't drink much right now at all yeah, I'm not, you don't drink you haven't drank in what 20 years 21 years yeah um i love you guys because i just swipe those extra tickets you know when we're playing shows my yeah. bass player is sober as well and it's like he just he gets his drink tickets and he's like here you go guys i'm like thank you sir Appreciate well fuck it. even anywhere where they limit your drinks too i'm like handing yeah. my drinks to other people right you know what i mean because i don't want them but yeah. here have a ball yeah man well, I appreciate you guys coming on in a random fucking middle of the day. Uh, so let's start with you. You grew up 
here and LA and Ventura, right? Born, born in Tarzana came here in 86. I was four, spent most of my life here, kind of got sideways in my late teens and had some people looking to kill me and, uh, family issues. So I was shipped back to California to, uh, live with my old man for a while. And Mm -hmm. we bounced around North Hollywood, Oxnard, Mm -hmm. um, Santa Paula for a minute, just kind of wherever, uh, Panorama city, uh, just all over Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you spent some time in Oxnard, but Oh yeah. I was in Oxnard when we first for... met at, we met at a training thing at, at, at another work thing. And I saw you're from my same local and I'm all, <clears throat> how the fuck do I, I, I don't know you at all. Like what's yeah. happening. And then you're from Vegas, you know what I mean? And we got to talking and, you know, obviously there's a connection with the music and the hardcore scene and the punk yeah. rock scene, you know? Yeah. Although you do like the kicking and punching version of hardcore, which is not my favorite <laughs> crowd thing, killing. Yep. Yeah. Yep, he's a crowd yep. killer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm no, I'm the old guy now. I'm, yeah. I'm fucking 41. So like, I will always support if there's a local scene that I can help support right. for the next kids that are just now finding it. Like I want that to be available because of how much it meant to me back in the day. So I'm right. always going to go, um, you know, I don't go to every fucking show, but I'll like, I'll go a lot of times and just kind of, they're kicking it in the back. Right. Hanging with, you know, I'm with the old squad now, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Bullshit. I saw you at that DRI <laughs> show. Don't give me that crap. Yeah. Was he out there fucking karate kicking everybody? No, no, no. no, no. But I was, can I you, was so I, as a hardcore kid, are you allowed to circle pit or is it like against the hardcore? You are, but this <laughs> hardcore <laughs> motto is that, is the, the, in the current, in the current hardcore scene, they'll say like, all right, give me a circle pit. Yeah. But the circle pit is ironic and mocking, like actual circle pits. <laughs> yeah. It's just Which is kids rude. running in a circle for fun and they're laughing and like yeah. sack tapping each other. You know what I mean? It's like kind of a joke. It's Which, not yeah. like back in the day when people always circle pitted hard, mm-hmm. like intentionally. It's not like that anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'm always offended when people are making, I mean, circle pitting is the best, dude. When, when you, so when you started going, you started playing when did you start playing music i mean when was final conflict your first band like like my first, band? My, my first real band first real actually band. first the first band i ever had was uh with with ronnie okay right yeah and we would practice that is you know and it and there's there see back and back i guess like uh, uh then like it's one thing to be punk rock right mm-hmm. which which is like you 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 were taking your life in your hands at that point right 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 and then being mexican on top of it right okay so yet you tended to bond like i think that was part of the thing with ronnie is like you know i went over to his house and his mom was making me move on i'm like oh you like this stuff oh yeah you know what i mean yeah so, yeah and 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 having that bond also so yeah but so that was your first band and then final conflict it started right at yeah, I, played, point? I played with ronnie and it was hor- oh god there was this tape i i i, I don't know if ronnie has it but like it's a tape of one of our practices uh-huh. and it is the most you know it's a two chord you know, out of tune, right? Out of time, right? And, uh, and it goes through the whole song. And at the very end of the song, you're, you're like a guitar player. That was rad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That was your music recorded. Yeah. Like, that's fucking awesome. What was your early influences? Like, where did it, where did that shit draw you into there? Like, you know, like, what was it that made you want to start playing that stuff? You know, because there's a lot going on. You were t- coming I got, out. Of I think the, I, I got into punk first, right? You know, coming out of the late '70s, the post, you know, the yeah, like, glam like, scene, like, all that look, shit, right? Well, no, not even glam. Look, like, so I had I had seven older brothers and sisters, so there is a a a wide music okay. influence from you know what I mean. Everything from you know, like 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 Motown, Stax, the Beatles, you know what I mean. 
into Black Sabbath and, and, and UFO Kiss. You know what I mean? So I've always been a music lover for the most part. Right. And, and then, uh, and then punk rock came along. And, and you actively remember it, like seeing it and being like, what the fuck is this? I remember channel seven eyewitness news, the first exposure to it, channel seven eyewitness news, like the sex pistols. And I'm like coming up the sex pistols. I'm thinking there's a pistol for sex or something. And then yeah, they showed the clip on the band. Yeah. And, and, it, was like, and it was like, it was yeah. an instant fascination. So, yeah. And that, were you already playing music like bass no, and nothing? No. I, so that was your catalyst. I want to do this. Yeah. You know what? I, I, okay. And everybody has their opinions of what punk is. Right. 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 And everyone what punk is this. And you know what? Like, like, you know, and, and, and not to dip too deep into this pool, but then there, there's, there's the, the, the political aspect of it and said like, well, you know what? You can't, you can't be a right winger and be punk or, you know right. what I mean? You can't, you know, can't be a left, you know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody's it, is, and here's the thing, like, punk is, like, I, that's why I can, it's accessible. And right. that's it. You right. know what I mean? Like, like, hey, like, you can have any political view you want, but right. look, you could be in the, you know, you can hang with the band, mm -hmm. you could be in the band, you know what I mean? You could be a part of, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, you just got to show up and, and, and it's accessible to yeah, you. Yeah, it's right? a, it's a participation sport. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's what I, that was the thing that drew me, right? Because I grew up a, a metalhead. And metalhead, like, you know, I liked like hip hop and then I liked heavy metal and I did not like punk. When I heard the Ramones, I was like, these guys fucking suck. Cause I was already listening to like grindcore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they sounded slow and I didn't get it. <clears throat> but what drew me into punk was the lyrical content. And then the fact that when I would go to metal shows, I was fighting for my life. No unity. I mean, and there is a little bit, but the first few punk shows I went to, it's a participation sport. Everyone is involved. You, you can meet your heroes. You can fucking have a beer Absolutely. with them in their you, van. You, 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 you know exactly. what I mean? Like, and it's so, it was so inclusive mm -hmm. that that's what drew me to it. And lyrically, I got tired of hearing about, you know, butchered fucking babies. You know, you listen to like Cannibal Corpse and shit like that yeah. when I was a kid, you know, and it's like, I wanted to hear something of some content, you know what I mean? The <laughs> yeah. meeting your heroes part is like yeah. the coolest part. It I really actually, is. Just yeah. not that long. I'm 41 and just not that long ago, I had like one of the coolest things ever happen that kind of falls in line with that. I was in Boston and was there to see Slapshot, Sheer Terror, uh, Colin of Arabia, a bunch of Boston hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. And I had recently purchased some stuff from the SSD Control Instagram page, not knowing that the person I was talking to was Al Baril of okay. SSD Control. Yeah. And I said, man, I'm going to, oh, it's Al Baril. Like, that's crazy. He's a yeah. legend, you know? And so I was like, I'm going to be in Boston. He goes, well, hit me up when you get here. I'll come and hang out. Well, yeah he couldn't come hang out because he had back surgery but he goes come to my house so i like was invited to al Baril's house <laughs> yeah yeah some random guy all i did was buy like a record cover like not even the record i bought a cover of a 1982 record and he had me over at the house gave me a bag full of like ssd swag yeah. and told me like the raddest fucking stories yeah for like two hours outside of his house yeah and i was like i was like a little kid yeah it's crazy man i mean that that was the thing that really got me it was like you can meet the people that you're seeing on the stage. They're in the crowd with you. They're hanging out at the fucking merch booth. Whereas the music I listened before, these guys are backstage. You'll never fucking see them. You know what I mean? And it just, that drew me. And then also the energy and the unity of the music is what brought me in. You know what I mean? So I would assume those things were the same that kind of attracted you. Like when you kind of started seeing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, you know it, I mean? As I say, it was accessible. And like, you know, there's always like, you know, like a, a 
the accusation of certain bands, oh, they're not punk anymore. Or what are they right. so Look, as long as they're accessible, mm-hmm. they're still punk. Yeah, and that's a pretty hard through line there, I think, too, you know. Um, So final final conflict, what was going on, like, in the L.A. scene area, like, at the time? Like, what were the bands that you guys emerged with? Like, was there all of it, was all of it growing at the same moment? So final conflict kind of came at it. There was a, there was a a weird time of, of, like, that first generation Mm -hmm. of of winding down. Like, so, like, I I grew up in Fullerton. Right. And... So like, and those guys like, uh, you know, the adolescents, yeah. you know, Agent Orange, and you know, they were they're just a couple of years older, and and you know, and you're a teenager. That's that's all. It's a it's know, a world of difference. It's, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a whole universe apart. Yeah. These are grown adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. Apart. And um, <laughs> yeah. but that but that that you know that that was kind of winding down, mm-hmm. and so you know then there's more of an influx of like the bands like gbh and discharge right. and, well the heavier right? harder bands right? right yeah and so you know and then final conflicts you know crass mm-hmm. and and final conflict started springing from that yeah. and i you know what and and like while i like the music i'm not a peace punk guy and they yeah. they they were they really felt fell into that yeah you know yeah i'd show up to gigs with you know i rode a motorcycle back then i'd show up mcdonald's rappers flying off the back you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, like, totally. just throwing trash on the ground fucking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah being punk yeah man being punk you know um but when you were like doing shit how long did you how long was final conflict around like did you have any like major highlight you guys got to tour and all that shit right did you guys do any of that no stuff? you know what final uh, conflict didn't get to I, do we, didn't, we didn't we didn't i you know i my 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 time in it yeah uh, i didn't get a tour but i did did get to do the ashes to ashes album with them okay um highlights like with final conflict i mean played fender's ballroom yeah. uh got to play the olympic auditorium oh which cool was, uh, that's sick that's which awesome is, uh, with, you know what i mean who was so, that with do you remember you know what i can't you, yeah. gotta, you gotta remember one thing yeah like we know we're talking about you know drinking or whatever let's let's just say there's a lot of better living through chemistry okay so. all right yeah i got you man and that was that uh drug like the major drug use is that pretty prevalent even when you were around as well like the, the heroin and all that shit i'm not saying that you were doing it but it was oh you could say it, uh, it was I a major doing, yeah, were you, oh, okay yeah, i didn't yeah. i didn't know anything. i mean i actually lived a a like I had formulas. I, I thought, you know what I mean? I came up with weird formulas. Okay, so like, I'll do a shot of dope, right? Uh-huh. And I'll do some speed. No, I'll do a shot of dope and I'll smoke some weed, right? And kind of get no. And then I'll fucking do a big gagger of speed and then just start drinking. And I got the perfect time. And by the time we go on, I'll have the exact perfect oh, really? to give an yeah. optimal performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so. Yeah, that's fucking wild. I, I relate to that a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, because you were out of your mind on drugs for a yeah. while, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that's one thing I didn't I didn't get until like, until it all yeah well eventually collapsed. ends right it's yeah. what there's it has a couple ways it's not sustainable but that was one thing three, i didn't what, i never what, what, got what, into three that three ways right yeah yeah, yeah. what three, are they three. uh death and jails jail? institution death. And death. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's a wild time man um but so after final conflict what did you kind of move on to after that like okay was, so before Final Conflict, I started playing with uh, some guys from Westminster in a band called Music to Drink. The singer was Mike Gabby Gaborno. Okay. And we got really tight. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, we were really, really tight. Once again, over, you know, yeah. drugs were a, a major factor. And, yeah. um, and so while well, I was, you know, going down by spiral in Final Conflict, he, uh, he sobered up uh-huh. and, uh, uh, you know, 12 step program sober and, and, uh, uh 
you know, he's he, then, then, you know, it's like, you know, program of attraction. It got to the point where I had to sober up uh, and he had the Cadillac tramps. Ah, okay. Right. And yeah. He was doing that. And when I sober, you know, I got sober, I ended up, I, you know, I kind of just kind of got absorbed into that. That's and, cool. And that was a good, that was a good run. That was the touring. That was the, yeah. you know. And what, what years was that? Oh, shit. Uh, late 80s. Late like 80s. 80, 88, 89 through yeah. mid 90s. And touring is pretty fucking wild back then, dude. Because I even come from, when I started touring at like 18, we still didn't have maps. You know, we still used Thomas guides. We had the Atlas. You know, we were just out of Atlas. maybe, I think one of us might have had a cell phone, but we were still using calling cards you know, to make calls and shit, like, and I'll explain sometimes, like, because I did some grimy fucking touring, you know, like, I, I think we've done, like, seven U.S. tours over X amount of years, you know, plus West Coast and East Coast, and and, and they're, none of it's glamorous, you know, but, but the invention of, like, fucking Google but, Maps. But you know what, though, but, <laughs> but you know what, though the, thing yeah. is, the thing is, like, so we, okay, so, you know, shifted back up, you know, a decade, right? Yeah. All we had was a, uh, you know, it was a, a U.S. atlas, right? Right. Yeah. And so it's okay. Well, we know the interstates to get there, and and each, and so like you'd have the state, and it'd be like a, you know, maybe a little bit of a blow up of a, of a, of a city. Yeah, totally. Right. And we and, and we would find we'd find our way. Right. And, yeah. and uh, the thing what you say about grimy, like the yeah. thing is, God damn, I remember like the first tours, and it's like you know, five six guys, yeah, one hotel room, right. And you know what, like. It was the best fucking oh, totally. time of my life. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, you know I mean? for like, sure. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't know any better. And you're just so excited to be out. Oh, you know what I mean? It, like, it is. It is. It's, it's the best amazing. time ever. And yeah. yeah like the normalcy of like each guy gets his own bed or his own room is just completely out of it's fucking insane. reach, yeah. too. Oh, it's dude, like it's not okay, at all okay. possible. So, so yeah. you know, when we started getting high end, it's like when we actually started splitting it up and there's like three and three in a room, right? Right, right. And then there was the chipping. And then it's like, it's like so you're going to get a per diem of five or 10 bucks, right? To live off of. So then, you back so back 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 in the old days. Yeah. Then there was the chip in to rent the VCR. To oh rent, snap! To some, to get, so like you got three guys jacking off to porn on the VCR, <laughs> right? Everybody get there and they're covered. All of a sudden you're got it. Oh, God damn! Shut up, dude. dude the VHS era <laughs> of porn, dude. Everyone's trying not to make eye contact with each oh, other. Oh, totally, totally. You yeah, just, it's you brutal. just see, you just see blankets, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I talk to these young kids now. There's a lot of like like in in Ventura and Oxnard. There's a massive scene of these new bands. This band called Dead Heat that's fucking blowing oh, up, yeah, right? And they're all 18, 19 years old, and they're fucking awesome. You know what I mean? And and I talk to all these bands that are like starting to do touring now, and they're like. It's so weird. I'm like, look, bro, imagine booking a show like four months in advance on a phone with a guy. And then he goes, see, in four months, and you just pray to God that it works. You yeah. know what I mean? No you, deposits, get there, you don't no... call him. You can't fucking get a hold of anybody. They're not You're just like on money. a wing in a fucking prayer yeah. and not even directions how to get there. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck, man. It was just so because I remember doing a show and it, I've told this a couple of times, but it was one of my favorite just like if you want to know what touring's like this is it we go to play a show in dc right and it's we didn't get on the uh black was it the black cat i think it's the big or there's a there's a decent club there was some other show going on black cat and there's the five nine thirty yeah the nine thirty club right so i think it was the black cat versus or we're gonna play at couldn't play at it so this this kid fucking reaches out online dude i can totally do a show we do rad shows at this chinese food restaurant like fuck it. okay whatever cool book this fucking show 
we're three weeks into a fucking U.S. tour at this point. You know, we're in D.C. I show up at the place, fucking nothing, not a light on, nothing. You know what I mean? And you're like, I'm like, motherfucker, man. So now I'm like calling the dude and I call the phone and I'm like, hey, is Eric there? I don't know what his fucking name is. And this lady goes, no, he can't talk. And I'm like, well, hey, man, like I'm I'm like a band and he booked the show and he's all. Eric's 16 and he's fucking grounded. <laughs> and that just hangs up and you're all, oh, God damn it, man. You know what I mean? Well, where is Eric today? <laughs> yeah, well, who fucking knows? You know? uh, it's probably still grounded, you know? But that's exactly what like old touring is like. You're just like, what the fuck, man? Like, oh, no God. idea what's going on around here. And it's and it's still the best time. So, in the things like, so like the, the traps had this really, great like put it to you this way like it got to the point of actually making some money right and getting your own hotel room right right and like some pretty high profile pretty yeah. pro like our peer group like you know what i mean right like there's a peer group of people and and i mean we're talking you know uh no doubt rancid uh you know what i mean yeah uh uh offspring like we, we, oh god we, we we played like pennywise cadillac tramps i forgot who was on the bill and the very bottom was 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 offspring right right and we took a tour did a national tour came back all of a sudden offspring the the single the hit biggest band on right Earth, yeah and 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 you know what and just like every you know as i say there's a hundred other bands that say the same thing it, right we imploded right? right and uh and here's the thing once that once that's done that's I love that band. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There was just a, like, like yeah. there's that time when you really love it and you like, you look forward to going to rehearsal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're rehearsing yeah. three, four times a week and you're looking forward to it and they're your best friends. Right. And, uh, and then after that, like you just want to play. So you're just kind of like, you know, join a band is just to join a band. Right. And I ended up joining, you know what? And, and I'll throw this out there. It's, I think it should be checked out. Uh, I played in a band called one hit wonder. Okay. Okay. Uh, and musically, talentedly, we have an album out. It's on Nitro Records. You could stream it. It's called Outfall. Okay. Uh, and it was a great band, but I was like, there was like this bitterness about like starting over again and, yeah. and asking people, can I sleep on your, your, you know, can we crash out on your hardwood floors? Right, and, right. And you know what I mean? And, and I kind of took, and I took it for granted and I look back on it and I, and I recently, I replayed that album. Like, this is, this is really good. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Objectively, You're happy with the product. Objectively. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. like, why didn't, you know, and I felt bad that I didn't realize it at that point. But right. Definitely. You, got, you should check it out. It's, it's definitely yeah. worth a spin. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. It's where the uh, desperation of playing music is, is a weird thing. You know what I mean? Cause I've, I've, my whole life I've been playing music and, I actually just now up until the last few years, I, this is the first time in my life. I don't have the fire anymore. And it's because I got a lot going on. I got kids. I got a job. I got this thing that I do that I like, you know what I mean? But um, I used to think I had to play music or I was going to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was the only thing creatively keeping me moving. You know what I mean? And, and it was for a long time, you know what I mean? But that desperation of like, I have to do this, you know, and then you get up well, to a certain point and then you get knocked down and you're, well, now you're and, on and, floors and, again. And, and let's, and let's call, and let's call it what it is. And, 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 you know, it, it playing music, regardless of where you're at, you know what I mean? It, there is a little bit of ego and there's a little bit of narcissism, For sure. narcissism yeah. involved. Right. Yeah. And, and, and look at, 
and 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 but and it's at different levels you're a bass player it's low like you you know i mean but you still love it you still love getting out and being on stage and and, and you know being a, like being a cohesive part of this unit and making it sound good, right right you know and then you know as the ego gets bigger like you know you got your think about it sing listen i couldn't be a singer like you know it takes a someone with some balls to say you know well, I can't play anything. I'm going to be the singer, and they deliver. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's, totally. it's it's a yeah. it's a definite personality thing that for that, sure. That, it takes a certain type to be. I'm going to be a front man. You know, absolutely. What I mean? And you know what? And you know what? It's it's fucking hard work. It's it it's, is. it's not easy. I that's what I did in the couple of bands that I played with, yeah. and we didn't do anything noteworthy, but we did play some shows with some other bands that had some buzz and stuff like that. Yeah. And I definitely had to force myself like out of my comfort zone to be a front man. Right. Right. Because you're the one leading the fucking energy of the show. You know what I mean? Like you're making like eye contact with people and like saying things between sides. It just, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. yeah, it's a whole animal, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you is, have any is. social anxiety yeah. whatsoever, like you're going to, you're going to experience ways to like, you're going to have to break through it up there. Yeah. Right. That's what happens. If it's just sort of like like we're going back to it, like that's what's hard to give it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you you, you 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 feed off. Of yeah. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's an adrenaline rush that's very unlike anything. You know what I mean? Like when you play a fucking killer show and there's a couple thousand people, you know, doing the thing. You're like, fuck yeah. Bro. I I'll tell you what. Like so like like a peak peak Cadillac Tramp story is uh we give you a quick story on this. So we played in Seattle, mm -hmm. right uh, at the Crocodile Cafe. And we finished and so our our mo was when the tour ended it's like if that was the last show of the tour no matter where we were at everything packed in and we started driving that night yeah right well that night in seattle so this is when the whole seattle scene was pretty wide open yeah and and the guys from pearl jam were in the audience and uh and a friend of ours was there we know she knows she kind of knew those guys and they liked us and they go uh, and she goes oh yeah hey pearl jam might have you open up some shows for us right now yeah. you will know <laughs> right yeah sure right yeah. like you know what i mean oh cool yeah yeah that's gonna yeah. happen uh -huh. so we got we got in the car and we we, we headed home right uh -huh. there's no cell phones it's like what 1991 mm -hmm. two or something like that and we get home so it's, it's a 24 hour drive right we get home and i walk in you know and i was living you know, with my wife were we married at that time it was right before we were married okay we were married. i can anyway yeah and she's like, oh my God, you're the, the answering machine's going off. You know, like answering machine, like yeah. that we got the gigs with Pearl Jam and we had to be back in Calgary, Alberta, like the next night. Oh my God. This, right. Yeah. So it was kind of like, <laughs> right. And so yeah. like we, everybody went to sleep, woke up and everybody piled back in the van and headed up. And the really? funny part was, is uh, Steve Soto had a band called Joyride. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Joyride. Steve Soto is the most underrated songwriter. Yeah. Check out Joyride. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll check that Fantastic. Out. Um, so they were on tour with us and like they were driving home. You know, they they finished it, but they waited till the next day and they're driving back. And he said he's sitting there and all of a sudden he says he like on the other side of the freeway and you know, five north, like, is that the Tramps fan that just went by? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. no, they they left before us. And so we got up there and we played, it was uh I maybe mean, it was like max bell hockey arena in uh -huh. calgary and there's like fifteen thousand people wow. right yeah and we played calgary but so we you know and i remember going on stage and we got the like you got the announcement and going on stage and i'm sitting there like you know facing my amp checking the you know yeah checking the old the old boss cord tuner right yeah. like, right <laughs> yeah. and and the sound of the audience of that many people yeah i 
I actually like welled up with tears. Like, yeah, oh my God. I could see that. Oh my God. This yeah. is insane. You know what I mean? 15,000 people is a lot of yeah, fucking people, dude. And 15,000 is a lot. And 15,000 eager people. Right. Was he, right. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, it sounded like the whole arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so like, that's part of that, that high. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like hard that's, to what, match that's that. what you want to, that's yeah. what you're, you're, you're going after. Yeah. So. But then the musician thing, there are those highs and then there are the same lows that on the same, you know, the next fucking day, it just levels you. <laughs> it shows you where you really stand in the universe. You know? Better even better. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever showed up at a gig and like, Ain't nobody here. Yeah. Here's 50 bucks. Take off. Yeah, literally. We've actually, my band has been paid to not play. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah you show up like. And we were already playing. I, I have a pretty funny story. There was a thrash band out of Canada. Hey, called... we pull, pull that up a little oh, bit. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yep. There was a thrash band out of Canada called uh, Mastery. Okay. And they were just a, a instrumental thrash band. They had no singer. None of their okay. songs had any lyrics or vocals. But they would write these really bitching like thrash anthems. And I went to go see him at this bar down the street from my house here. And I was the only one that showed up. I was the, I was the only person. So I'm sitting at the bar, yeah. just like waiting yeah. in an empty room. And mm -hmm. this guy walks in, I go, are you here to see the band? He goes, I'm in the band. And I told him, I said, well, I understand if you guys don't want to play or, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. And he goes, no, no, no. They say the, the smallest shows are the best. He goes, it doesn't get any smaller than this. <laughs> yeah. They loaded in, no lie. They loaded in yeah. and I sat in the middle of the room on yeah. a chair and they played an entire set yeah and it was the weird for you it was yeah. awesome though it was cool it was cool did you clap between songs yeah. I, dude i stood up <laughs> threw my bra at him dude yeah it's it's crazy man being a musician is such a weird or even a music fan you know they, I mean? they took like, it well not not a single i mean i was yeah. the only person that showed up and they were they were actually really cool really cool about it yeah uh i did want to ask so you were you were in Ox. I, we were talking. You were in Oxnard, fucked up on drugs. At what point did you get? You were young, right? And then oh yeah, you, I was young. Because you're only a couple years older than me, and you're like, I'm forty. Sober, I'm forty-one, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're stoned. How old are you, sober. I'm forty. Okay. So I'm forty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what point were you like, fuck it? No, I can't do this anymore. Oh, I was like, I was homeless. I was robbing yeah. people at gunpoint, and then in Oxnard. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, breaking yeah. into cars and like you know i was to the point where i had to either die or like give up and do something different you right, know what i mean right. so yeah. that, was, that was my thing was i was already on the streets like completely homeless i'm like you know i got a backpack i got a pistol i got you know and then eventually i didn't even have the pistol anymore so then it was like i can't even just take what i want now you know would and you hawk it or lose it i hawked it <laughs> yeah man like any good drug addict you know yeah. what i mean everything's for sale it huh? had a value yeah. you know yeah. what i mean you gotta you gotta get well yeah. yeah you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do i mean i'm i'm waking up in parks being uh rousted by cops and and being shook down by other drug addicts and right. you know what i mean all that shit and uh i made a phone call to a family member who sent me some greyhound money i relocated down to san diego and got into a place and got some help man i was i had just turned 20 wow so and that was this time yeah. so that was 21 years ago i've never taken a sip of alcohol or done a drug as a legal adult you know wow, what i mean yeah. Yeah. yeah i was 20 years old yeah and you're active recovery you probably don't do it much now but you know you're not you know working yeah. dad life and you know just trying to have like a personal life i'm a single dad and everything like that it it certainly um no, I'm not as active in the recovery thing as I used to be, but right. I, dude, I still, most of my good friends are also sober, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? That's just the way that works. Yeah. 
And so. did you take the same route? Did you actually do like AA and all that stuff to get sober? Well, yeah, went you did. AA and, yeah. and but did you ever and, have anything to do with like Mike Ness's fucking? You know, Mike. He has like no. You know what? Because Mike you, Ness say, actually saved my friend. Like totally took you, him in. You and know what? Here's the thing. Mike, like, and they call it the, the program. It's a program of, of attraction, right? Okay. And you know, I remember seeing Mike. Mike was pretty bad at at at, at one like yeah, one he, point, was rough, right? he was you know, rough, and yeah. and uh, you know, and he, he was kind of like almost one of the first guys. Like, really? Like, oh yeah. And and what was really and what you say like like you know they call it AA. It's a program of attraction, right? Right. And and he was kind of like he was kind of a beacon, and he got you know he got a lot of people in and and yeah. you know he's still you know from he's still involved he, and he, he still works a program and and yeah you know what i mean so i a lot yeah. of respect for the guy it's incredible man because when you're a real leader you know like mike ness is a fucking leader i mean he i you know so social d is you know a, a fucking awesome band you know what i mean but uh, it's almost like what the stories i hear about him and what he's helped people do besides the music is like so much more above and beyond you know like his music's touched a million fucking you know millions of people you know but for him to be personally involved in like people getting clean and sober is like it's a trip you know what i mean it's it's, it's cool and, to well, see. and that as i say once again like like program wise that's part of it you know what i mean you that's gotta, what we're taught yeah yeah man. you gotta you know to, to keep it you gotta give it away is the it, oh okay it's part of the tenets, like, yeah. oh yeah it's ab absolutely yeah like, yeah, it, it would it would eventually die out if everybody didn't perpetuate it by helping the next person. Sure, and the people that really care do that, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, like for me, but there's interesting. So, like, there's like kind of like a one hundred percent. Like, well, you know, you can't do anything, and I really, you know, and for me, I do. There's a person believe you. You know, you could be just a complete addict, drug, addict. You know, drug addict, alcoholic. Right. Uh, I kind of fall into. I I am definitely a drug addict, one hundred percent. But yeah. I. If I ever drank like to excess, it's usually because I was on speed, which you know, yeah, it's all stems from being a drug. You know, the speed, the <laughs> yeah. speed bones connected to the alcohol bone, yeah. which is connected to the smoke bone. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred so, yeah. percent. Yeah, for sure. Connected man. to the armed robbery bone. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. more dope, though. But that, yeah, a little heroin that'll get you going. Yeah, no harm. By you, just want to get well. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's that's crazy. Here's the thing: like a tweaker, like. You can't. You don't know what the hell's going to happen, right? Right. A junkie, it's going to rip you off. Sure. Right. That's yeah. it. And they'll cry. They'll cry while they're doing it. Yeah. Right. But they'll but, feel bad about it. But oh yeah, they'll it. feel bad. They'll cry while they're doing it. But <laughs> it, hey, I'm sick. I got to get well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, what point? Because we all work in the same industry. This is kind of what I. This is like the most interesting shit to me. Because I, when I got into this world, the world of heavy equipment, you know, you guys were both crane operators, right? You ran tower cranes. Is that? Right? Um, mobile towers mobile to all the shit right yeah. um i got into this shit and was shocked to find how find out how many people are like us were either musicians ex fucking punkers ex metalheads you know what i mean i met i met people in my industry because i never thought it i saw a lot of fucking broken dreams you know in this shit you know you meet a lot of guys <laughs> that are just wanted to do something else and at 18 years old did this and they've never done a single fucking thing otherwise you know but then you meet the guys that are really focused that had a passion have a passion and are able to do this now and follow it and then also have like you you work you do what you do and you also still play music which is so rare you know what i mean like most of the guys give it up you know what i mean but how did you like how did you get involved in like the crane this world and i wanted to know how you got involved in it as well all right um 
Well, I got sober. I was 20 years old. Um, had to start working, had to start, you know, paying right. some bills, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm growing up late bloomer growing up. And I just had a series of like shitty jobs and I was painting houses and painting houses was all right. You know what I mean? But right. I'm living in San Diego. I'm not vacant, making a lot of money and I'm sitting in dead stop traffic on the 15 after work. And I look up and I see a, like a, a dozer cutting a slope mm -hmm. on the side of the freeway. And I remember thinking like, that looks like such a cool job. Yeah. And then the next time I was downtown, I saw some tower cranes and I, I knew a guy who was the business manager for the Boilermakers. And I just didn't know. I thought everything was one union. Right, right, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I asked him, like, how do I get into the, the union? You know, right. and he goes, the well, union, yeah. like the overall. No, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was my you. concept of it. Shit, I, the union. And then yeah. you just go, like, I want to get in the union and then I want to be a, a crane operator in the right. union. You know what I mean? So he told me to contact the operating engineers when I, when he figured out I wanted, you know, to run heavy equipment. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had it in my life plan to move back to Vegas at that time anyways. And right. it was when work was exploding up here. So I just came back at the right time, uh, tested in. It only took a few months. Like right. some people take some three years, five years to get in. Right. I was in in a few months because yeah. we were slammed and, and just never looked back, dude. Yeah. Like literally threw away piles of paint clothes and like, you know, tools and shit. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm never doing that again. I am this now yeah you know yeah. and for me man like um you know like if you really got to know like what my life was like pre being an operator for a lot of people I, I always say for a lot of people doing something like this is just a job like you see kids come through the apprenticeship and like the, to them it's just a job like it's right. decent money with benefits or whatever for me it was like a way out you right. know what I mean right. it provided me with a life that I never could have had otherwise right you know because yeah. of where I came from yeah. And you've been doing it for how long now? Uh, 16 years, 16 years now. Yeah. And then how did you get involved in this? So being a fucking crazy well, ex drug addict, punk rocker. Well, so I mean, yeah. granted I've been clean for yeah, I, you know, a lot of yeah. years and you know, they say like, like music wasn't panning out and I had one kid, had a kid mm -hmm. by that time. And you know what? And just the same thing is here and here's, you know, and, and, this will probably relate to the apprenticeship, like working a lot of shit jobs where mm -hmm. it's kind of like, Hey, this is what you're going to get. Uh, we're, this is what we're giving you uh you have to pay for your benefits right you know what i mean we're not paying you overtime right. this this is and hey you don't like it there's a door we'll get somebody else in and i wanted to get a you know i want I, I wanted to join a union or get a good union job right right, right. and uh you know because once again i knew good benefits retirement yada yada yeah, you and, have a kid uh, that you have to provide you know you want right. to provide for you know? exactly yeah. want to provide for your family right. and uh you know i tried on certain levels and some remember somebody telling me like and it was Lisa. Someone goes, well, the operating engineers are taking people in their, their apprenticeships open. What do they do? Yeah. Like bulldozer and stuff. Cool. I can do that. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And Sick. that was it. That was, that was my, you know what I mean? And I went and I, back then you had to pick up, they only gave up the applications uh, at the hall. Right. On, okay. two, on Wednesdays. Right. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Okay. And yeah, I went. What year I, did you get in? Uh, 2000. 2002 okay all right so uh went put the application in uh i got a very good score i got okay. like i got like a nine i got 98 with, with no previous experience nice. and, and, and in my head i'm thinking oh i'm a shoo-in yeah yeah i didn't hear shit for a year and a half really mm -hmm. yeah. it was it wow. was it was so long it was off it was off my radar mm -hmm. and uh and i finally got the call mm -hmm. right uh 
and just you know, when I saw what they this is how dedicated I was is that uh, uh, I, I mean oh my god I'm in I I'm yeah. not going to miss any any you know as an applicant I wasn't going to miss anything like right. I actually paid a friend of mine Manic Hispanic play open for no effects up in San Francisco on okay. Sunday and I paid my friend Kathy who like Kathy she now runs the, the punk in the park right you know right, what I mean? yeah, yeah. well I paid her back then to drive me home so I could make it make it to class or make whatever. it to uh, uh the, the training site yeah right and yeah. how I really wanted it yeah and then uh I got my first dispatch mm-hmm. and I got my first dispatch and I remember looking at it and back then it was 18 bucks an hour right right and I took it home and my wife and I were laughing like we won the lotto. Dude, hundred percent. Right. Yeah, and yeah, and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like, you know, you're gonna give me health benefits and, and you're paying and you're paying me this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know yeah, what? And my, yeah. and my whole and my it's whole in, it's unreal money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and my whole attitude through the apprenticeship was well, yeah. okay, this is what you do. What do you want me to do? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Right. That, and it's like, hey, go to class, mm-hmm. you know, be involved with that's it. Fucking easy. And dude. it was yeah. easy, yeah. right? And 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 I I mean as I say, I didn't, I just did that. And, and, uh, when I was finished, I ended up getting, uh, uh, like the district seven apprentice of the year. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Or for that, for that graduating yeah. class, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, got, got the watch. A whole You're talking to another hours. apprentice of the year, by the way. Oh, okay. Actually. I was the unofficial apprentice of the year. I <laughs> yeah. journeyed out when we were like collapsing. <laughs> yeah. you, know what I mean? you were, you were yeah. apprentice of the decade. That's yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> no. we'll, we'll, we'll Ask around, yeah. man. We'll, we'll elevate you. Yeah. Right? So, I got my wooden plaque on the wall and my you did, we, did you guys I graduation. I got a piece of paper. There you go. I got a wooden plaque. Did you guys get a graduation party? No, I didn't. Yeah. Back then, so back then they did it. It was like a little yeah. thing they would do it like every couple of years. Every yeah, years, Whittier yeah. Narrows Park, and they had like a little picnic yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah. but that they used cool. to do banquet halls yeah. up here. Uh, yeah, I and heard. then the year I journeyed out in 2010 when it was like the entire country was just like crumbling. <laughs> yeah. They're all and no so, and no lie, it was like <laughs> six or seven years later, yeah. I got a little package in the mail yeah. with a buck knife, like yeah, a little two inch buck one. knife yeah. that says operating engineers. And it was like, oh, that was because you didn't get a graduation party. Wait a minute. I didn't get a buck. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I should have brought it, man. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and here's now, 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 and this is kind of dipping into our, our, our career. Right. right and this right. is the thing that really kills me is it that, that what you're saying about these kids that they, they get in. And uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and, and now we're dipping to my opinion. I don't, you know, if you notice the, the apprentices that come in mm-hmm. with the exception of you, like, like I said, now you've had, you had, you had a hard life yeah. before right so you had something to to pull yourself out of right but you know you get these kids out of high school and yeah. and they get in and you're handing all this money right and right. and and i think they, they think they're entitled to it. oh oh yeah dude There's don't get me started and, and and like yeah. like when, so like like for me when my students are like if they miss classes mm-hmm. um you know one of the spiels spiels i give i go like you know what do you remember how happy you were when you got that phone call that you were in? Right. And do you remember how happy when you got that first dispatch reunion and how eagerly you signed all of that paperwork? Yeah. And how fucking stoked you were when you got that first check. And, you know what I mean? You know what and I mean? and yeah. it's yeah. like, where, where did that go? Right. You know, cause like I say, I went through my whole apprenticeship. I did not miss a class. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, so you hit the nail on the head for me like you said you looked at your first dispatch and you saw the money and you considered the benefits and you felt like you hit the lotto 100 that 18 dollars is now like 33 plus dollars right. same benefits right. if not better right yeah. and they're going i guess it's all right yeah you know these kids now are like like you said entitled not willing to work for it 
and they've been fed a line of shit like well you could be a crypto billionaire or you could be a fucking YouTuber. influencer yeah, yeah no exactly yeah. Well, that's and, a, we, and, it's, and it's funny for me to say this because here's the problem everybody wants to be on the stage and no one wants to be in the audience right yeah right you know right, what i mean yeah. but yeah. But here's here's like the the through I, line from I'm sorry. When, 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 and I apologize. Norris, yeah, when, right. But the guys who I seem to do who do seem to thrive, yeah. right? And they come in, are those guys that had to go work those shit? You know, the guys yeah. that are in their late twenties, early thirties that had right. to go and work those shit jobs for a little bit, and they're like, you know, they get in and they see what they're getting, and they're like, fuck yeah, because they know what it's like to work. But and that's exactly my point, right? So like my a little bit of me, me uh, touring all the time for all through my twenties, right? I, at a certain point, I got two fucking kids. I'm working in a head shop and I'm selling a shitload of weed <laughs> on the side, right? And I'm gone for four months at a time. For you know what I mean? I'm doing a couple tours a year, coming home with fucking zero dollars, right? And I got two kids here and I'm making it work, but I'm barely making it work, right? Um, and my band was at the point where we had to either shit or get off the pot. We were going to be on tour, like a high on fire, like kind of thing. Like we were going to be on tour nine months out of the fucking year and maybe make some money probably not you know what i mean or i need to fucking do what i got to do to provide for my family right pure desperation i grew up poor we're always working jobs but what what happened for me is my old man does this and he's been doing it for years and i never i grew up around it i grew up running equipment my dad owned a gold mine when i was a kid i was like pretty familiar with shit did not want to do it didn't want to do it all i know is miserable motherfuckers in this industry you know what i mean (laughs) And, and I took, there's I, no shortage. There's no shortage of them. Right. And so I called this, I called my old man out of the fucking blue. I said, dude, I need a fucking job. I need to get into this. So he helps me get in and I get sponsored, which I'm ultimately thankful for. What I was shocked about was first of all, the money. I think I was making $22 an hour when I got in, which was double what I was making at fucking DW drums, which I loved working at, you know what I mean? But it was never going to pay that. Uh, I get in and I was shocked at how much I love the work. And I'm a dirt guy, you know, dozers, blades, fucking grading, all that shit. Um, but what I had found out, what I realized is that punk rock mentality takes you so goddamn far in this industry. It's shocking. Like, because anyone that has, and I've said this many times, anyone that has the balls to gamble on themselves and take a chance and book a tour across the fucking US and eat shit while you do it, and don't blame anyone else for it besides you has that mentality goes so far in the work that we do because you work around people that can't take blame can't take criticism won't own when they fuck up and those guys get left behind you know what i mean whereas like the people like when i meet you guys i understand it because we've all struggled we've all mm-hmm. suffered you know what i mean and you see that in the apprentice oh you do you, you like, see like it, and, yeah. you see, and, and you know and you and right away and you know who they are the excuse people oh it's the worst you know what i mean they've got a fucking excuse yeah. for you know yeah. what i mean hey what yeah. oh you know my car got a flat the i know guy too you know the i know <laughs> oh god <laughs> the excuse guy the i know guy and that's but that's what i've consistently seen the people that really go far have this fucking i will die on this mountain mentality and i think it's something that's very unique to like being a punk rocker or a metalhead and it, it obviously there's other people that have it too but i've met so many foremans and superintendents that were like oh dude I fucking when i was a kid black flag fucking minor threat punk rock fist fights drug problems now i'm a superintendent <laughs> you know yeah. i'm like hey me too <laughs> you know what I mean? and it just it always surprises me how far that diy 
mentality and ethos goes you know it's into our world you, you know it's even cooler than being a superintendent being a fucking instructor <laughs> like teaching and yeah. raising the next generation of these fuckheads yeah yeah it's good man but i i always i always find like a weird through line with that mentality you know what i mean i will not quit we're not quitting here you know you know i'll tell you something and i'll share something that one thing that was rough going through my apprenticeship right, right. it's kind of like uh, uh you know that old thing like 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 you know what like uh you break up, you know, you break up with a girl and, and you're pining over her, right? And all of a sudden you hook up with another girl and then right. that girl comes back, Yeah. right? Yeah. So right smack dab in the middle of my presence, two opportunities came, mm-hmm. like where I was actually offered permanent spots and bands that I really would yeah, really yeah. would like to have played with. Yeah. I mean. Hurt your soul to say. And, yeah. and I mean, and, and, and one of them, I have one of them tattooed on me. Really? Right? Yeah. And, uh. And I'm sitting there and it's like, it was at punk rock bowling and I was offered, you know, I was offered, the, you know, offered the job and I'm like, you know what, I'm right in the middle of my apprenticeship. I, mm-hmm. I'm getting my college, I'm getting my paid college education. I, I can't. Yeah. Right. And I was bitter. I yeah. will own it. I was totally. Bitter. I was, I was bitter for a little while about it. Uh, you know, I, one of the other bands was the adolescents. I was you know, yeah. touring with them and it's like, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't, can't. sustainably yeah. do this. Right. You know, I can play local, but uh and uh you know and but now years later you know years later and just a discussion i had with one of the one of those members is like you know what i was getting they're going they're going to south america and i'm like oh god i wish i can go with you you know like yeah i wish i could too bro and all this and and it's like you know what you know what he was like i ain't got nothing like i can't stop right Right, yeah and it's a cycle you're you're gonna be you're gonna be like you're gonna be you're gonna be able to stop in the foreseeable future right right you know what i mean so right you know i you know like a uh you know indiana jones and the you know i chose wisely yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well because it is i mean and now as a father i got three kids you know and you got a kid and you got i would assume one yeah they're minor grown okay yeah but yours are grown but that need i mean unless you decide to be a piece of shit you know what i mean father uh, that need to provide and create generational wealth for your kids becomes so much more important than your shit. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I am now. Like I I'd love to do all these things. And I, I could, if I really wanted to go all in on music and play music, I could do it and I could pull it off, but my family would suffer over it, dude. And it's just a, something I'm not at this, like I'm not willing to do, but I've met a lot of guys that did this shit for a long time. Like I had a, a mechanic that I worked with for years. His name was Rocco. And he's like, dude, I put off playing music for 20 fucking five years. He was a musician, killer fucking bass player. And now as he, as he's like getting older and retired, he's, he's playing with the electric prunes. The motherfucker tours all over Japan, fucking everywhere. No way, you know awesome. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's like, he, and he's loving his life. You know what I mean? So it's like, you don't have to walk away forever. And if you can get to do it in any Avenue, then that's amazing. You know, that's where I've been. That's where yeah. I've been lucky is that I've actually always been able to, you know, Play music, play music's my golf game. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I've always been able to do it. So all through it, I just not, you know, I can't go on the road anymore. Yeah. But. Yeah. Me and my buddy John call it the adult, the punk rock softball league. Like we're like, you know what I mean? That's like what we do for music now. It's like we know we're not gonna tour anymore. We're not gonna fucking, you know, the dream of there was never a dream of making it, but you know, because we play punk rock metal, it's you're not gonna make it, you know what I mean? I still play music and I still write songs. I just don't do any of that with any intent of even playing shows. Like right, like, yeah. I would record As a creative I would, outlet. Yeah, yeah, I would I would love to record it with yeah. some other people that I jive right. with, but like the idea of like new band at my age and like trying to appeal to a certain audience at yeah. my age it would 
it just yeah and you got more important shit to do man like you know when you're, you're sitting there and you're looking at your paycheck you're like all right dude, i can uh, and i remember thinking when i got my first couple of paychecks i could eat shit for this for a, a while you know what i mean i could totally put off all the little fucking uh neurotic like narcissistic dreams that i had <laughs> you know what i mean and eat some shit to actually create like generational wealth for my children where they're not going to know what like not having lights on is like or oh, like yeah. having to know what spending food stamps is like you know what i mean that kind of shit you know um so it's, it is nice but i'm always surprised at how many guys i meet that have that same your guys's mentality you know like because it, it these guys make it you know there's the only guys that make it the guys that want it you know and, and need it you know what i mean 100 now yeah. loving the work that's a whole another fucking animal you know what i mean that's something that you either do or you don't love you know which uh, for running tower cranes those things look so goddamn intimidating you know what? also what you do you know too, what, what you, know? you know the thing is you know what the funny thing is is that okay so i told you when i got in or when i applied it was like like uh, uh what do they do bulldozers and stuff i can do that right i didn't i before i got it before i got in i or when i got in when i realized it did cranes also i didn't even know i right. didn't know the engineers did cranes right right and it wasn't on my radar i remember you know my first days sitting on a a, a forklift and looking at the guys on loaders like kind of like almost kind of jealous like, god i wish i could do that instead of being a stupid forklift for the fifth day you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah and, and <laughs> fifth uh, day <laughs> right? know, yeah. oh yeah oh and, yeah and sure. and it was just a, a weird fluke like first job i had was running a horizontal boring machine uh, oh that's weird. oh yeah weird weird stuff and then my second job uh, and the guy i worked with on that you know we get we got in together and he was he kept going oh i want to be a crane operator i want to be a crane up my cousin's a big time crane operator yada yada i'm like i'm like cool bro i hope it happens for you yeah you know what i mean and, yeah. and, and uh so we finish we go we go to the hall to say you know tell our coordinator that we were out of work and uh and uh he and he wanted to take some time out he wanted to go fish and he goes yeah i want to work on my car and he goes all right you're going to work tomorrow. You're going to oil on a crane. Yeah. And, that was uh, yeah. and that was literally it. It was yeah. kind of like literally not on my radar. Like, yeah. like, you know, I mean, going up to it, it was, you know, it was a, it was a big, it was a big old 4,000. And, yeah. and we were looking up. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a, a crane. Yeah. It's a big you, know, crane. you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. What do <laughs> yeah. I do? You know what I mean? And, and it yeah. just, it just kind of, and you do love the work. Like you like the crane work. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, you do too. Cause I'm terrible. I don't like them. I, I, I think I respect the shit out of them, but they fucking, I would rather hang my ass off the side of a 400 foot cliff. You're thinking of tower cranes. You know what specifically, I mean? I'm thinking though. of all the cranes. You know what I mean? Uh, keep me on the side of a mountain with boulders falling off and I feel comfortable. <laughs> like, but when I'm around cranes, I'm like, this motherfucker. No, nah, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. It's it, so, I and mean, it's the work is cool. You know what I mean? I just, I know so little about it. And then you see him jumping tower cranes and shit. And you're like, this is. There's so many physics. weird. <laughs> yeah. There's so many weird situations you wind up in in the crane world. Right, like you could be hanging iron. You could be literally picking and setting Ferraris and Maseratis at EDC. Right, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Which I've done. And then like, I I got a guy who's like a mentor of mine. I've known him for quite a while. He he says, you know, you, you never know what you're going to be doing in this industry. One day you're one day you're hanging concrete forms and the next day you're picking a live elephant at Michael Jackson's Neverland ranch. <laughs> and it was a true story. He was like, I had to go out there and upright a fucking elephant. You know? yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's some wild stuff, man. Uh, you know what, you know what the fun, the fun, the thing is though, is it, it and so it, within the, you know, within our trade, there's always a, Oh, you know, fucking dirt guys. Oh, fucking oh, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. Dirt, yeah. Guys, dirt guys are fucking stupid. I'm like, a grading guy. I fucking hate underground guys. Right. You know I, mean? and, I don't you know, hate them, but you know we know always mean? But fight, so there's you know? that thing. And you know what? Like, like 
you know, and so you're, you know, you're part of that tribe and you, you kind of hear the thing. So like, like you're me, I've done that solidly. So I'm part of that tribe and, you know, and it kind of gets into you and you yeah. think, oh, dumb dirt guys. Right. So oh, yeah, for sure. then I got hired at the training site. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, well, you know, let's, 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 let's try to expand my horizons right. and, you know, right. throw more, a couple more facets on there. Right. And I go, okay. So they put me on a dozer. Right. And I go, okay. So just, just make a, make a pass, make, dude. make a path, yeah. a nice <laughs> clean pass. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. And so I did, yeah. I'm, you know, hold on hold on yeah i made an eye yeah oh you did okay not not okay. oh no no it wasn't perfect but yeah, yeah. not bad uh-huh. okay and also do another one and it just started getting worse <laughs> and fucking worse and you know what i mean yeah you know what and and, yeah. and as i say no matter what it is it, it, you know if it's if it's cranes or or yeah. dozers or or whatever there's an art there's a skill there's an art and there's, there's a, a skill and there's, and there's a, an art there's a it, yeah. feel to it all you know yeah. you know the guys i got the biggest respect for are like great checkers yeah oh yeah I mean, those guys are like goats you know yeah running up and down hills taking yeah. shots that's what i did for years i was a great checker yeah. and a blade hand you know what I mean? and i don't know which one i respect more the old school like Kukarangan pounding oh, stakes, great checkers, so or I, even, I yeah. but even the new GPS guys that are like super tech involved and like understand yeah. all these layers of data yeah. and all these technological things that I, I can't even yeah. conceptualize. Like I, I have an equal respect for both of them. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I was the hub pounding fucking running goat guy <laughs> for years i don't i've no very no, little much much side. much much respect for yeah that. yeah because let me tell you this and the, the irony was that my favorite instructor was was the great was the grade checker mm-hmm. teacher but but shit i never got it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i tell my students because i teach grade checking and i go five percent of you are going to be great checkers the other 95 percent just fucking hold on and try to get as much as you can you know because i'm like you know like good luck because yeah. you're and i don't i don't like i the way i run my class when i do grade checking i say you guys i'll start with the 800 credit score it's on you to earn your f and it's not going to be based on whether you understand the material or not because i don't expect all of you to understand it because it fuck you start to see everyone's eyes just like like glossing Glaze, over you know they're over. dying you know and some guys are never going to get it but if I can get you onto a job and you can look at something and go, I kind of understand what's going on here. Hold, hold cool. on. Okay. So <laughs> you know? no, it's just so like, like, like in my, yeah. in my, my experience going through the apprenticeship was uh, uh, going through the, so I took, I took grade checking and I just didn't get it. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then I did plan reading. Yeah. I got plan and, reading. Yeah. Very right. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Like if they would have, for me. Sure. If I would have done plan reading first and then grade yeah. checking, I think I would have done yeah because uh, much better. With I'm it. I'm a more visual learner mm-hmm. as well. Like I plan reading really made sense to me. Yeah, you know what I mean, but yeah, it's a it's a fuck. I don't know. It's I'm so stoked to be doing this job, dude. I couldn't believe how like lucky I got landing into what I'm landing into, and then meeting you guys has been such a fucking pleasure. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's mine like, came out of clear blue sky. Mine man. too. I, yeah, like I was uh, I was at the mall with the girl I was dating at the time and my daughter and my phone rang and I was like, Hey, what's up? And it was almost immediately like, have you ever thought about being a full-time instructor? And it's like, what a weird question (laughs) to get asked. It's like, well, sure. Of course I have, but how do you even get that fucking job? You know? Right. right. He's all come on in on Wednesday. We'll talk about it. No, that's exactly what it was (laughs) like, man. And, and, and the thing that I'm really proud of, like, I don't, I don't like to toot my own horn much, but it's like the one thing that I will like absolutely raise my hand and say about myself is that I care a lot mm-hmm. and my attitude towards like, you know, because of, like I said before, I came from a hard life. This was a way out. 
my attitude through the whole apprenticeship program was like, I'm here. You cannot physically remove me from this. Like I am here to stay. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. This is a, a blessing. It's a gift. And that was remembered. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Me right. as an apprentice was remembered. And then 12 years later or whatever, I get the phone call, right. which was really yeah. awesome. You know, you know, you know what, like, like for me and, and here's the thing, like, like, and, and, and tying into from like me being a musician. Right. And, right. and, and, and that, that ego, it will see it also feeds something else. I have a very low self-esteem. Right. right? So, you know, being a musician kind of feeds into that. So like, sure. and I, oh, a friend of mine was talking about, it. it's a, a, a natural syndrome. Like I do play with bands. I don't think I'm very good. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and the yeah. same, and, the, and I, you know what? And I, I don't know if this will count against you're, me. You're Larry, wrong Larry by the way, us. but yeah. I Larry, see, Larry sees us, but like, 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 yeah. I feel like I'm fucking faking it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, I'm faking it. Imposter, imposter syndrome. Syndrome. Like imposter syndrome. I feel like I'm faking yeah. it and they're going to find me out. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like I'm going through this. It's Dude, like, I like, totally get like you, man. me, it, that's how me, I felt. Me, me an instructor, job, yeah. me, me teaching a class. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, you know, your shit, dude. That's, the I don't, yeah. That's, and that's it, how I, with music for me, I always was the least talented person in the band. And I wanted to be that. Or so you thought. Or you, so you But I also am the guy writing 90% of the music. Right. I'm also the guy writing all the fucking lyrics. I'm the guy that books all the fucking shows. But in my mind, I am the worst one in this band. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, 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 and it, I that like staying humble this. is like weird. And it is imposter syndrome. You know, my, when I got in, I, I, I went from apprenticeship, six, a foreman after six months of the apprenticeship, became a superintendent of fucking jobs four years later and felt like, these guys are going to find out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm running $60 million jobs. You know what I mean? And I, but I just kept doing it. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I got to back. I was like, I was a foreman at the nuke plant. Right. I, I, was, a foreman <laughs> out, I was a foreman out on, uh, at Ivanpah yeah. at the solar plant uh-huh. out there. And, and it's like, these guys, guys are going to find me out. I know. You, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so when it came I'm, to- I'm much more stupider than these guys <laughs> oh, think man. I am. You know what I mean? So it's like, so yeah. when it came to being an yeah. instructor, what I learned was like, you know, my concept of being an instructor is like, you're a guy who knows most of it. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, right. almost you have all. a well-rounded you, yeah, idea exactly. of what the fuck And it's not yeah. necessarily always the case. No. A lot of the times it's just, you're a guy who knows how to facilitate a classroom environment. Right. And you're, you know, you have the information behind you on a board or on a slideshow or in a book, and you're just trying to find a way to make sure that everybody understands it and moves along at a pace. You know what I mean? And that was, oh man, but you know, to touch on imposter syndrome, not like right after I got this job and I discussed like, oh my God, I feel like I've been given this position that (laughs) I don't fucking deserve. I don't know why it's landed in my lap and I don't feel like I can do a good job because I put the, the guys who taught me, I put them on such a pedestal. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, I had these massive shoes to fill. And so I'm discussing imposter syndrome with a friend of mine. And he goes, I read somewhere that true imposters are incapable of feeling imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, like a real narcissist doesn't know that he's a narcissist. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all understand that we kind of are. So I think we're right yeah. under this thing. <laughs> you know, it's a touchy thing because, you know, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're doing this and you like being on stage, there's a little, little, little bit there. Bit, yeah. So if you are a real imposter, yeah. you can't, you would never in a million, you would think you were born to do this <laughs> yeah. and that there's no way yeah. that you could experience imposter syndrome. I mean, I yeah. thought it was like a really wild concept. Yeah. And then, I mean, touching on this and we'll kind of wrap up here, but 
you know, I, I, I tell a lot of the kids that come into this shit. I'm like, look, this is the, I worked every job you could possibly work from fucking how old were you when you got in uh i would i just got in i got in, in two i was 27 okay. 25 okay you know like i said but i was like this is the only fucking job i've ever had where your hard work gets noticed and rewarded you know what i mean if that's what you want you know what i mean like and most of the time you're at a boys you get to go to fucking work the next day that's fine but if you really put in that extra work you can be a foreman any motherfucker can be a foreman any motherfucker can be a fucking lead man, you know, all that shit, you know, if you really, really try it. It's and the know, only and, industry and, I've and, ever and, experienced that. In. And being a foreman, being a foreman is I, I, what I learned. It's, it's the it's, worst. It's like hurting, it's like hurting cats. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Yeah. And two, and you know what, honestly, if everybody just shut the fuck uh, up and did their job, I, you wouldn't need foreman. I know, yeah. That's, that's I, it. You're, yeah. You were there to just, you were yeah. there to tell them to shut yeah. the fuck up. You're a high that. paid fucking babysitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what it is. No, you're not that's even it. that high paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not you're even a that dollar high above scale. Yeah, you know what? You know, yeah. you know, like, as far as doing former yeah. work, like, like or, or my personal view of it is that, yeah. that, that uh, you need two things to be a good foreman, mm -hmm. right? You need the head and you need the stomach, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and most guys are you guys that would be your shitty bosses are the guys that have the stomach for it, right? And not the head, right? I had the head for it, yeah, but but not the stomach. Okay. I'm the guy I would wake up at two in the morning. Did I do this or oh, yeah. or you know or something would happen at work and I have to sleep over yeah. it and oh, yeah. you know and and that's why I stop for like I like. I like leaving, you know, I, I like walking out of the gate and, and, and not thinking there. about shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Just yeah. And right that's, there. that's where I was when I first became it. I got in, I same six months. I'm fucking dreaming about work. I'm dying. I'm waking up at two in the morning, thinking about a hub that I set that's going to be off fucking two inches. <laughs> and then, and then once you get past, if you push past that, eventually you wake up and you go, I don't care if the fucking job's on fire, everything can be fixed it's going to be fine. You know what I mean? And, and then that's where I got still doing the work, still showing up, but you and, know what I mean? And here's the thing. It's like, as far as like people's egos and, and probably, uh, uh, most something that I found now, uh, uh, Ryan knows Ronnie Earhart. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I worked with Ronnie Earhart for a lot of years. Very good friend, you know, still, still stay in contact. We were out at, out at Ivan Pond. This mm -hmm. is when everything had gone up. Right. right. And, and it was really awesome. I was, I was, I was at badge number like 46 out there. Right. Yeah pure pure desert uh -huh. right and this is when unit one had really started getting up you know okay. what i mean and i'm sitting there and he was he was like you know he was a superintendent you know right. equipment superintendent and i'm like look at him like and he goes and i go wow dude and i go this is all you look at this it's yeah kind of bitching right yeah. and he goes and he looked at me because you know what dude wasn't me it'd be someone else yeah yeah it's true <laughs> yeah you know, that is true don't ever think the job's going to stop because you're not fucking there dude. still everybody everybody is replaceable 100 still to this day that dude's like mindset and like the the energy that he tries to build a team with and everything is still like he's probably like one of my favorite people i've worked for and not because he like made it all easy and it was just making money and took care of his boys. It was like, no, we're being paid. Well, we're going to act like professionals. Mm -hmm. I expect this. I expect this. I yeah. expect this. And it was like, it kind of built this like team unit yeah. kind yeah. of yeah. A good foreman they're, they're, brings people they're, they're, with, no, you know what? You know, there, there's yeah. those foremen. Those are there's those bosses that you have uh -huh. that they, and it's something about them and how they do right they make you want to do to be a, a good better job. yeah no he yeah. made me want to be a yeah. better 
operator a better yeah. hand in general like yeah. charismatic man just knew how to and he's just a biker yeah. he's just like a biker dude you know what i mean yeah. he's not some college trained you know professional well, you know he's all punker no yeah. i know that's what i'm saying he's yeah, just yeah, he's, he's just an average punker. joe who just said he just you know wakes up and goes i it's my job to make things run smoothly and work well right you know what yeah. i mean and he knew how to rally people it was cool man well like, that's that is the unique thing about a good foreman knows how to motivate right like i i was a tear i was probably a dog shit foreman for a while because i i was raised with you scream and they run <laughs> right but then i realized i started thinking about it, like if i'm at a fucking show i'm not you know i'm not going to like terrorize the fucking crowd i'm going to motivate people some guys need a challenge like hey there's no way you're getting 200 fucking loads today fuck you yeah i will you know, some guys need to be literally pissed to work well. Some guys need a little pat on their ass. And, oh, you're doing a great job, buddy. You know what I mean? And and a true good foreman, a good leader that's is about, a that's about 100 percent of crane operators. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but um, but yeah, some guys need some guys need Excuse that. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a good leader of men. You know what I mean? And and I think that's all. Often what I think is like we've been surrounded by fucking freaks our whole career. You're at a fucking show, dude. There's every amount of walk of life. And you learn to deal with them, you learn to talk to them, and you get along with most of them. You know what I mean? But that's what makes good leaders. You know what I mean? When you think about that shit, you know? And so that's where I try to be. I try to put myself back into, like, how did I fucking motivate people to be, follow me into my shit? Like, even on stage or, you know, in my community, you know? Like, and it's by being consistently there, showing up, doing the work. And then knowing how to fucking talk to this. This guy doesn't, this guy does not work well if you fucking scream at him. But this guy does, you know, what I mean, he needs to be pit, you know, all that shit, you know, which when you grow up around a lot of fucking freaks, it, it kind of prepares you for the world, you know, the construction world, especially, you know, but um, dude, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. We've done a solid hour already, um, but this is kind of I've never really I, I don't think I've ever I know I did. Anyway, it's, like, it's kind of cool. It's like kind of bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Right. Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. Um, I would like to say if you want to throw out, I know you got some shows coming up, punk rock bowling and stuff. Do you got any dates oh. or anything you've got going on in your, okay. in your uh, career right now? So, okay. I hardcore, had hard, hardcore band, Don Severo from Spain. I OK, so uh, shows I have coming up, uh, if anybody's interested, we've got uh, I play I, I play with Manic Hispanic still. Uh, we've got Manic Hispanic still. We're doing a run. Uh, so May the 4th. Uh, we're playing at the House of Blues Anaheim. We're having the Aquabats. Oh, cool. But the Aquabats are doing their Aquabat. And it is the Aquabats. The Aquabats tribute to the poor, to the to the cure. Oh, re- oh, dude, they're so good at that. Have oh, you dude, seen those, that Well, shit? the Aquabats. Are it's just, incredible. Those guys yeah. are just incredible. It's shocking musicians. how good they are yeah. at pure songs. Yeah. yeah and then uh, the pl- and so them and Plague Vendor. Then okay. May the 5th. Second of my own, we're doing, and uh, did you see, look at that band, Non Several? They're hardcore. I can't, I hardcore band from Spain. Man. Hardcore band from yeah. Spain. And then we're doing, uh, uh, I don't know where, but San Diego and Phoenix. Okay. And then doing punk rock bowling. Okay. I play with a band called Greg Antista in the Lonely Streets. And that's okay. like those guys, you know, that's Frank Agnew on guitar, who's sure. uh, on the original Blue Album, yeah. Adolescence Blue Album, and Greg Antista. And so these are old Fullerton black hole punks. Nice. Right. And just playing some rock and roll opening for, uh, uh, Reverend Horton. He actually, Ooh. Mike Ness's son, Julian James, is on that show. Okay. Uh, it's a pool party on a Friday night. And then uh, uh, then Sunday night will be Manic Hispanic with Left Alone and the Alturas. Awesome, man. So, so if you're in Vegas, Punk Rock Bowling is going to be going off, dude. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah. And I mean, obviously, you can find him at the training site. Just 
motivating people on or, CDL or drives. Hardcore shows. Hardcore shows. <laughs> standing in the back. Smashing, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. Real, real quick story of just yeah. being pathetic and old, right? Yeah. So we 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 did a, a the house whopper training out out at our training That's site right. in Houston, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and I I'm I'll rent a car. I, I hate being trapped. Totally. So and he's like, hey, you got a car? And he goes, you know, DRI is playing in Houston. I'm like, and I'm for my first thing is not like fuck man it's gonna be late dude it's yeah. like as after nine o'clock yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. anyway <laughs> so but like you know what i was like you know let's go so it's like we took my and the guy from uh uh another guy from wisconsin, wisconsin go, who, oh, okay. who's like the square super the super nice nice oh, guy on the fucking planet sweet dude but we're talking we're talking potato salad with raisins yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> great and, and, and you're gonna take him to a dri show in right Houston, and, and hometown, anyway so right? so actually, we get yeah. we get to the show and and, and uh <laughs> you know we're going and it's like hey it's a mr pit boy over here anyway he goes i'm sitting there like hey guys i'm gonna go chill in the car <laughs> so i'm like the dad i'm waiting yeah. out in the car I felt fucking bad. I'm like giving, I'm giving him updates. Like, hey, don't worry, man. I think they only got dude, a few songs. I was, so, I was so fine with it. Like, dude, yeah. stay, enjoy, yeah, your, good, enjoy yourself, son. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'll be in the car. <laughs> but it's funny because, uh, homie, I was, a, I was getting bummed getting the text. You got kind of dozing, bro. Well, homie, <laughs> homie, from, uh, homie from Wisconsin had never seen or heard anything like that. Oh, he's he like, probably he, blew his fucking. He's like mind, a country dude. bumpkin from with the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, and like, and I, we tried to tell him like this is not like it gets so much worse yeah, than this this is a mellow is, show yeah but yeah. this is still gonna be like rowdy like yeah. you're gonna have a beer soaked tennis shoe on your face For at some sure. point you know what i mean like yeah. you don't get beer on you you're doing yeah good, no 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 yeah. i know and, I and he had the best fucking That's time awesome. dude yeah. he had the absolute best he's time. like i went to this punk rock show with these guys from california <laughs> dirty rotten imbus i don't know yeah i don't know yeah. oh dude uh, well, dude, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. That was, really that was fun. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. I think we got to go eat some food now. Let's oh. do it. Yeah. All right, later.